Hello and welcome to the final Azeroth Coast to Coast before the release of Battle for Azeroth. I am your host this week, Chris, while Gavril is out making a living as a Lady of the Night. Joining me this week from his new home in Texas is Mr. Kevin. Hello, y'all. Hi, y'all. When we last had a show, we talked about General Tinfoil Hatterisha, and this week we are breaking down the story points of the 8.0 pre-expansion patch. So, declare your allegiances, people. War is coming to Azeroth. For the Alliance! For the Horde! Trying something All new. Right. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. Kevin, why don't you tell us about your insane three weeks while you were moving? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So since I was moving from Philly to Austin, Texas, I uh, was without most of my stuff for a few weeks while it got shipped down here and did not have a computer. So my computer was sitting in a box in a crate that was being driven to Texas for, for three weeks. And, um, I finally got everything set up, uh, Thursday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, computer got here fine. I'm so glad nothing got fucked up in the shipping process. This is a reminder to everyone to keep the box that their, um, computer computer came came in. in? Yeah. Because that is the best way to ship it (laughs) by far. Um, and then, uh, I got Google Fiber hooked up nice. and I'm like getting ridiculous speeds with that. That's really cool. Nice. Um, and finally played the pre-patch yesterday for the Ooh. first time. So yeah, excited to talk about that. Awesome. Anything else? Um, was playing some Heroes of the Storm. Um, both Iz and uh, Nash Taters were around and we got some matches in. Um, I did not play the new hero, but, uh, was playing with the new hero and she seems pretty strong, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later. Yes, we will, because I have, uh, some things to say about her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right. For me, what have I been doing? Uh, we did the, uh, glory of the Argus Raider achievement, uh, last night. So that was a lot of fun. Um, no, not last night, the night before on the Thursday, because we read on Thursday. Um, we, uh, I am two achievements away from Glory of the Legion Hero. Uh, one of them requires five people, so I think I'm going to do that tomorrow with some of the guildies. Uh, and they're both in Maw of Souls, so I figured may as well two birds, one stone. Um, what else have I been doing? I've been playing Heroes. I, did my ranked placements finally uh, i usually do twos with my friend ben i got platinum two he got gold one so he's uh you ready to jump up to platinum i'm closer to gold than i was last season after placement it's closer to diamond last season uh, than i was last season after placement so hopefully hopefully get diamond again this season god <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's my week. Oh, and a lot of D&D. A lot of D&D. And a lot of work. <clears throat> Good lord, a lot of work. <laughs> How is oh, your new I, home, I, anyway? Um, everything is... Everything turned out pretty well, except for the fact that my uh, initial flight to to Austin, which was supposed to be last Saturday, got cancelled. And um, that literally fucked up my entire weekend. So I imagine, yeah. Yeah, I had to take a taxi from New Jersey to Philly to get on a plane. Your favorite oh. EWR, <laughs> uh, Newark, New Jersey airport. So, um, yeah, there was zero flights out of any New York airport to Austin that day. So I had to take a taxi to Philly and fly out of Philly. But the only seat they had left was a first class seat. So I was able to fly first class, which was Did you have to the pay first for first time class? doing that. Yeah. I, and I paid for first class, oh, let me geez. tell you. Um, so, yeah, I so 
Yeah, the flight that I had originally. Surely, if it was their fault for canceling the flight, they would. Well, it wasn't with that airline. It was with a different airline Ah, because there was zero flights with that airline. So, um, yeah, I ended up having to like. It was basically like um, almost a hundred percent of the costs. Like I had to repay. It it was just it was it was fucked up. But I finally got here and everything. Everything got worked out, and now I'm pretty much settled in. Nice. Um, but I I got to play a lot of Switch games <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, I know you're that obsessed with your new Switch. <laughs> that was the only thing that I had access to. So I was playing a lot of Wiz- Wizard of Legend, which is a fun game. Mm-hmm. If you didn't play it, it's a fun game. I think I've seen bits and of it on YouTube. 50 bucks. Um, I played a little bit of Hollow Knight and Octopath Traveler, and um, Octopath Traveler is cool, but you need you need time to kind of dig into it. It's not something you can pick up for like ten minutes and put down like Wizards of Legend. You can do that. Nice. Um, yeah. So the Switch is definitely a cool way to kill time, and it's oh yeah, I I am taking portable. my Switch to BlizzCon with me. It's coming with me to BlizzCon. There's no way that's not not happening. <laughs> yeah. I may have been the only person in first class uh, playing Switch. Then those <laughs> other first sure. class travelers don't understand. They just don't yeah. get it. They don't get it. Oh, man. Uh, but, let's move um, on to listener feedback, shall we? Okay. Let's do it. Uh, do you want to do the SoundCloud one? Because I know it's driving you insane. Uh, yeah. So I got a notification saying that someone had basically done the equivalent of a retweet on our uh, boom, boom, boom. I want uh, you in my tomb. tomb. I want you in my tomb. A Revenga so, Boys reference episode, which <laughs> is still, I think only recently it's became like our fourth listen to episode. It used to be our top listen to episode for the longest time. Yeah, for like over a year. And we don't know, <laughs> we think it may be because it was, it's, it's the Venga Boys reference with boom, boom, boom. I want you in my tomb instead of room. But we, it's still, it's driving us nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone told me that we should just reference songs in all of our podcast episodes. Mm, possibly. And then, you know, get those, you know, fake listens, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very quick shout out. Con Before the Storm this year. It's happening. It's the sixth annual. It's a great event. Uh they had they ki- they hit most of their Kickstarter uh, goals. They have secured funding via Medieval Times, uh, a, a partnership with Medieval Times for the um, World of Podcast event this year. It'll be live the Thursday prior to BlizzCon. Uh, if you are going to BlizzCon, it is at the Anaheim Hilton on the second floor. It is a fantastic event run by amazing people. We highly recommend it. If you're not going to BlizzCon, make sure you check them out on their uh, Twitch stream, which I believe is twitch.tv slash conbeforestorm. Um, and you can check out all the information on Con Before the Storm uh, at conbeforestorm.com. So excited to go this year again. <laughs> yeah. You know what that made me think of? We need to have like someone who has a video camera and like a microphone and like walk around and do interviews during the event for Twitch. That would be so cool. I think Ro does that. Oh, does he? Okay. I think Ro does that because I know uh, two years ago, but the <laughs> so funny because the last time we were on Rob Maintenance, he, he brought this up. Uh, my first BlizzCon, I bumped into Ro. He asked me to do a quick wee interview. Um, like, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Is it, I know you've got a Twitch channel. Like, yeah, I'm doing this. I have no plans to really do a podcast anytime soon. And then when we got home from BlizzCon a week later, I PM'd Ro saying, yeah, so me and my friend Kevin were doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he keeps he keeps bringing that up every time he speaks to me because it's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, got the gears turning, maybe. Um. And there's going to be a lot of content on the World of Podcasts podcast stream mm-hmm. once that gets recorded. So I know that you were on that last year. And yes, we hopefully did the, uh, we get to participate the Saturday show last year. year, didn't we? Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So cool. Check that out in the near future. Woo. Um, but 
I guess the big news this week was <laughs> the new Lordaeron scenario that dropped. Yep, uh, pre-patches in full and final swing, uh, with the Lordaeron scenario dropping, um, which... Oh my god, it was so fun. We'll, we'll talk about in detail later. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll talk a lot more details later. Um, we also got two of the three um, Warbringer scenario, uh, the Warbringer cinematics that was released. We got the Jaina one, hashtag Daughter of the Sea, <laughs> and the Sylvanas one, hashtag There Is No Hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as well as a a fully rendered cinematic featuring High Lord Sourfang and Zappy Boy an old soldier it was fantastic it was genuinely seeing a high rendered troll like that the detail on zap on him was absolutely beautiful like i'm so Mm. impressed with the cinematic team with just the detail on these characters and their high-res cinematics yeah like when um uh sarafang was like taking off his armor and stuff i was just like very impressed by what they're able to do with the cinematics now just the the incredible detail is just mm-hmm. just always hats off because they've always done beautiful high res sims. It's just ugh. It's is so that good. something that you keyed in on when you were playing through the scenario, like going from re- fully rendered cinematic to you know half rendered cinematic to in game machinima? It seemed to really kind of jump around. Well, it jumped. I, I was okay with the jumping around because uh, I, I understand that the high res, fully rendered cinematics are very expensive and very time consuming to do. Yeah. Um, and I know based on Legion, they are they kind of like introducing the uh, Warbringer cin- c- type cinematics into the game because we got all of the uh, Harbinger cinematics in the game at one point. Um, mm-hmm. So I was okay with them introducing the Sylvanas one as part of the story, and I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, I'm still a little sad that we didn't get to see the Jaina one as part of the actual in-game story. Yeah. Uh, because the Jaina one is, oh, mwah, beautiful. So fucking good. Uh, and massive props to Laura Bailey, because when she was making that, she was super pregnant. Like, super pregnant. Massive props to her. <laughs> hmm. Um... What did you think about like the um during Lordaeron the the Oh that more the detail later, more detail later, more okay. detail later. We'll That's what the topic's for. So another thing that was released around World of Warcraft was a tale of two factions. Uh, these are two novellas, both one based around the Horde, one based around the Alliance. That are available uh, as physical copies for the physical collector's edition of Battle for Azeroth, as well as uh, online as PDFs and just on the website uh, for everyone to read. Uh, these physical ones, by the way, we've seen pictures of them. So pretty, so so pretty. <laughs> um. Haven't had a chance to read through them, but from what a lot of people online are saying, is there's a lot of really good character development in these little novellas. So, interested, interested. Cool. Diablo news. Diablo news. Uh, we got a uh, we got a trailer or a video uh, from uh, what was the lady's name? Because you know her name, Randy Camel. Randy Camel. Uh, she's one of the community managers for Diablo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she released a, a video talking about uh, multiple projects, uh, multiple Diablo projects that are in the work at Blizzard. We didn't get any express details, uh, but just that uh, they are coming. Uh, we'll Some be, are going to come out sooner than others. Yes, which is expected. Uh, we, For me, I imagine it's going to be a D2 remake uh, and a Diablo 4. That's what I think the two major ones are going to be. Uh, and we're going to get Diablo 4 announced at BlizzCon to be released probably closer to next BlizzCon, as well as a Diablo f- uh, 2 remake, probably going to get released uh, first quarter, second quarter 2019. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, I really want to see Diablo on Switch, but maybe it's because I've just been playing Switch a lot. Um. Here's the but, thing. Uh, I, can, I I could see Diablo on Switch. I don't see it with Diablo three. 
but I could see it doing a Diablo 4 on Switch. If they bring out Diablo 4, I imagine they'll do a multi-console, multi-platform release being PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. I can imagine that being a thing. That would be cool. I mean, you know, I think this is just because last year they put out a video that was like, hey, guess what? There's going to be zero Diablo news at BlizzCon this year. I think they just wanted to put something out to let people know that there would be news, but I'm really hoping that that news comes out during GamesCon later this month instead of waiting to BlizzCon to hear some of that. I think we're going to get one of the announcements at GamesCon, and I think we'll get the bigger announcement at BlizzCon. Yeah. Um, I mean... But I'm kind of glad they didn't announce anything last year because it would have been been completely overshadowed by Battle. mm -hmm. Battle would have completely overshadowed that announcement. I I really want to see some more MMO style things in Diablo 4. That's what I'm really hoping for. And if it's not mm. that, then I'm going to kind of be pissed off. I will say, can you imagine if they did announce it last year? It would have been so lackluster compared to the battle cinematic, though. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. were in, we were in the Overwatch arena for the uh, opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. And during that cinematic, when Sylvanas dropped and shouted for the Horde, the arena exploded. Like, mm-hmm. it was just explosion. And the same when Anduin picked up his sword and shouted as one for the Alliance, the arena again exploded. It was... Yeah. I, 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 do, I cannot imagine them releasing a, a Diablo thing there because it would have just been overshadowed. I'm really glad they didn't because this year there is no WoW expansion and it can be a Diablo BlizzCon, which we haven't had in a long time and I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it depends on what's in the game for me. I just want more Diablo. I just want to kill more things. Because Diablo's fun. I don't play it as much anymore because I'm getting burned out on it, but it's a lot of fun. If it's if it's something where I can like build sets again and not just use a pre-fabricated set that they, you know, have put into the game, then I'm all for it. As long as they don't add a real money auction house this time with it launch. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from your mistakes, Blizzard. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, like with the oh loot box God. craze, there's going to be loot boxes. No, no. There's going to be loot boxes, Bad Chris. Blizzard. Bad. Yeah. Bad Blizzard. Loot boxes suck. They suck. Hairy butt cheeks. No. I mean, it. it is the game designed for loot boxes. Uh, Moving you know on to Hearthstone. Right. <laughs> Uh, Boomsday Project dropped. It is live. Uh, Gavril isn't here to nerd out about it. Um, when he's here, he will nerd out about it. We don't play Hearthstone. We're really sorry. That that's his job, but he's not here. Um, but it's live. If you are a Hearthstone fan, it is live. You can open up your packs. You can do all the stuff. You can build your decks. You can tell me I'm a terrible Hearthstone player because I really am. I swapped to Magic the Gathering. I'm better at that for some reason. Um, I know right Uh, here's at the storm the absolutely sensational Sally Whitemane is live ladies and gentlemen Sally Whitemane leader of the Scarlet Crusade you have no idea who she is you have zero clue who she is but yes I don't know who she is Sally and and, okay so for people who are unaware of who Sally Whitemane is she is the leader of the uh, Scarlet Crusade, who we uh, slew both in Vanilla and Mists of Pandaria during the Scarlet Monastery dungeons. Uh, she was the final boss of the Cathedral uh, for both uh, dungeons. Um, for both versions of Scarlet Monastery, apologies. Um, uh, during Legion, she was raised as uh, a part of the Death Knight campaign, uh, the Death Knight uh, Order Hall campaign, and became a member of the new Four Horsemen. So Sally Whitemane used to be a discipline priest. She is now a death knight. In WoW lore, anyway. In Heroes of the Storm, they have taken the discipline priest version of Sally when she was still alive and the Scarlet Crusade babe. Um, She is very much a discipline priest. Uh, She has a heal that uh, is very similar to the old Legion discipline plea ability that uh, stacks up mana costs based on the amount of times you cast it within a certain period of time. 
when you cast it, it puts the zeal buff on your friendly targets, allowing them to be healed by any damage you put out. Her other two abilities, one being uh, a damaging beam that she fires from her hand, and the other being uh, a cross uh, area of effect that she drops on the floor, dealing damage. Um, and her two ultimates, I don't know what her, I can't remember what her second one is because the page just crashed on me and I can't see it now. <laughs> One of her ultimates is a giant heal that gives armor and gives everyone zeal so that you can heal when damaging them. And her other ultimate, if this wants to reload because it's being a shitter. I was prepared and everything and just my windows just crashed. Yeah, the giant heal one is the only one I've seen played in game. It's the only one that's good. Uh, Divine Reckoning, uh, it's, uh, after a one second delay, consecrates an area for four seconds, dealing damage every 0.5 seconds to enemies in the area. So if you have, I would say if you have like an ETC who can hit a really good mosh, that's a better ultimate, as long as you have the ability to keep people alive. Like if you have a Taranda yeah. with you. Or, or like uh, a Jaina alt, Ring of Frost. Yeah, something that can really lock people down, that's a better ult to take. But overall, Scarlet Aegis, which is our heal one, is the better ult. Yeah, and I believe it gives you like 40% damage reduction, which is really 40 good. armor, and mm -hmm. heals them for 250 that scales, obviously, and applies zeal. Cool. And I keep hiccuping. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I have the hiccup suddenly. I don't like it. I may or may not edit those out. <laughs> please don't because it'll be funny um, okay moving on Overwatch nothing <laughs> Starcraft nothing sorry Starcraft I love you but you're not giving us anything um, non-Blizzard games uh, other games on the Battle.net launcher include Destiny and uh, Call of Duty Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is having an open beta weekend for the PC uh, I have installed it and we'll be playing it once we're done here um yeah, uh, this this open beta is essentially going to be me seeing if I'm going to purchase the game or not. Because I like hmm. Call of Duty games, I haven't purchased them in a wee while, so I was like, eh, this could be my chance to get back into them. We'll see. It's like Call of Duty Overwatch, basically. Like, team-based fighter. Wait, has it actually got, like, skills like Overwatch, or is it just classes. another Call of Duty game? It's got, like, classes and stuff. Well, it's always had classes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm even going to play it. I'll have a look at it and I'll let you know what it's like. Because Kevin right. does. Kevin don't care. I care. I'll have a Please look. report back. I will report back. Tell us about the Blizzard news. The general Blizzard news. They have decided to launch a third round of BlizzCon tickets. Those will go on sale soon. Um, Chris, do you know the exact date and time? Uh, the 18th? I don't know the time. Okay. So check that out if you still don't have BlizzCon tickets. Tickets are going on sale again. Cool. Okay, fantastic. Um, shall we move on to our main topic? Yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. So, before we move on to this, before anything else is said, if you haven't played the Darkshore scenario, the Darkshore experience, or the Lord Ron event, spoiler warning, we will be talking about these things. If you... <laughs> haven't played them and you do and you want to play them before the patch hits before the expansion launches which from time of this recording is like what 56 hours away yeah something like that it's pretty close <laughs> um don't yeah skip ahead in fact just stop listening now come back after you've played it and okay. if you missed the pre-patch this is your background on what happened prior to yeah. bfa if you missed all the things, this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start off with the very first thing we got three weeks ago, Darkshore. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the Darkshore event when it kicked off? Like Darkshore was like, okay, you know, bear we found mind, we're out talking about the story this. points here, not just the quests. Um. Yeah. So I went to the Darkshore because they said that there are some like horde invading. I went to go check it out. There was like tons of dead night elves everywhere. All these little wisps, wisps thingies. And um, so I fought a bunch of the horde characters and I fought some um, fel, fel, felbrog. I don't know. I had to like Furball. rally the troops and kill Furball. the furballs. They're furballs fur now. 
<laughs> oh um, my god. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's it's still interesting to me that they have like kill ten of the things quests even in a pre patch like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. Even yeah, those quests um, will always exist because it's an MMO. Yeah, well, I thought it was cool. Um, they had me go to Darnassus. Is that the city? Uh, hold on, we, you're you're skipping ahead here. There's a lot of things okay. that happened during well, Darkshore. Like, yeah, Malfurion had some kind of a wall thingy where he was holding back Sylvanas. Yes, the Wisps that only allowed allied players to go through. And if you were a horde player and ran into that fucking hurt. Oh my god, that fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into it. It fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I was able to get through. Um, and I had to rally the troops to help fight back the horde. And as you progress through the dark shore, the horde progressively gets closer, closer and, closer and closer to Darnassus. Because Sylvanas from the horde perspective, Sylvanas broke through that fucking wall. And we got multiple oh, demolishers in, and we got half the armory in, and as well as your player character. Yeah. So you get past the wall, the horde advances, and then you have to work with the um, the ancient of lore. That mm-hmm. what are they called? The ancients. Ancients. Yep. Yep. Well, so it's, it's an ancient. It's, it's one of the big trees. Yeah. Yeah. So you hop onto the back of one of the trees and you kill a bunch of horde characters, but the horde continues to advance. And that little city on the water, like, got decimated. Mm-hmm. The horde um, took it out. Yeah. And I was, like, pissed off because that was, like, when I first started playing the game, that was, like, was where you my went. little home base to, like, get back to uh, Darnassus. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, like, well, sad to, like, go horde, over the ruins. From the horde perspective, we get into one of the little, you know, the BlizzCon mount from last year? Yeah. The horde BlizzCon mount? We get into one of those. And we just shoot shit. <laughs> we just blow shit just away. Just bomb shit. Yeah, we just bomb shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we take over Lordrasil, the little town. Lordrasil. Yeah. And we kill all the people. No. And we had to like cut. help the people leave. Oh no! We, no, no, no. Okay, so what we did do, we did help civilians. Anyone that was a civilian, we escorted out. Okay. So there was honor in that. We did us. We didn't hurt civilians. We hurt. We attacked people who were actually like guards and defenders. But we civilians. Okay. We we escorted out. We let them escape. So the horde did that. Um, and then cut to Malfurion and Sylvanas. Now the horde and the alliance see this. So, uh, Malfurion and Sylvanas having a one-on-one. Sylvanas is hurt. Malfurion's hurt. And then, from nowhere, Seraphang acts to the back. Yeah. Just right like, into Malfurion. He's mm-hmm. down. Total dick move. Total dick move. Totally without honor. And I will completely agree with that. Totally without honor. Um... And he was ordered by Sylvanas to do that, or he just no, did that? No, he did that because he was protecting his war chief. Okay. Because um, it seemed to me, like, from the cinematic, that he was, like, told to do that, or it, it no, didn't no, seem was, like it was, was his a, will I'm protecting my war chief. That was, I'm protecting my war chief, and then it clicked to him what he's, just, what he's done. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So afterwards, he kind of has a crisis of conscience. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and the moment it was, oh god, I need to help her throw the axe. Oh god, what have I done? Yeah, um, <laughs> that was a complete dick move. Sorry, dude. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Sylvanas uh, leaves to go do her thing. Taranda shows up, gives Seraphang a choice: leave, allow us to leave, or I will take you out. Well, no, Sylvanas says to uh, Seraphang, like, you need to finish this, and then she gets out of there. Yeah. And leaves him to kill Malfurion, and then Sarah Fang's like, no. "I don't know if I want to do this because, and like, then, I just dishonored him by axing him in the back." And then Bitch Tetsuranda shows up <laughs> uh, and gives Sarah Fang that choice: you allow us to leave, and you allow Malfurion and we'll to let live, you live. Yeah. or I will take you out. Yep. And she draws her bow, and she's like, ready to cut him down, and they leave. Yep. They go back to Stormwind to lick their wounds, and the horde progresses. 
cut to the Sylvanas Warbringer cinematic. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, so like, what happens is like, you know, Sylvanas is like, here's a hippogriff, go back to Darnassus and see what happens because the horde is advancing on Darnassus. And as you're flying midway through the flight, it does the cinematic thing. And what do you see on the cinematic? Well, we see Sylvanas standing before a completely intact Darnassus. And she sees a night elf, an injured night elf. And wasn't that the captain? It was what was the captain, yeah. Yeah, that we were like on the she, Alliance side, we were working closely with the captain to push her. back the horde forces. We don't the horde don't really know her name. We don't know her. We don't really see oh, much okay. of her. Um but the Alliance they just they know her intimately because you're working with her. Yeah. Um And she's got like a million arrows in her back. Oh yeah, she is fucked up. Like she is (laughs) fucked. (laughs) And Sylvanas walks up to her, tells her not to grieve for her city. And then we get the whole scenario of Sylvanas' backstory of how she was turned into the Banshee by Arthas. Yeah, which uh, was totally def- cool. During the defense of Silverman. And oh, so it was beautifully rendered. The defense of Silverman. Okay. It was, and it was a beautifully rendered uh, little thing. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then after Sylvanas, the, the elf says something to Sylvanas, and I can't remember what it was, but it triggered her. It triggered her to the point where she was going to, okay, we're going to take this city to, right, okay. You've something done about this. hope. Yeah, something like, about you hope. You can't kill hope. Or you something. can't kill hope. And then she, oh yeah, you can't kill hope. But she turns the elf's face towards Darnassus and just tells Nathanos to burn the tree. And they burn that bitch. Yeah, the subtlety in that cinematic, even though it was kind of like a paper art style. Which I like that style so for the Harbinger good. stuff. I really do. Because they've done that style for the Warlords, they've done that for Harbingers, and they've done it again here. I really want them to just keep doing this for every expansion. They're so fucking good. Yeah, just like the way that she like goes up to her ear and she's like, Sylvanas is like whispering this into her ear, like creepily, you know, whispering it into her ear. And then she like takes her by the jaw and like turns her head and, you know, forces her to like watch as they burn the tree down. And it's... Uh, it was wow. it was just one of those moments where I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hate for this because the horde is kind of fracturing right now in regards to the community. It was one of those moments where I was like, "Yep, you're a badass. I'm proud that you're my war chief. I'm so happy that you're my war chief." I don't I don't know. I think it was kind of a dick move. <laughs> Storm was... one needs to run red with a lion's blood. <clears throat> the the part that. The, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but I didn't realize that the tree was the city. Yeah, the, the tree is Darnassus. Teldrassil, I didn't like, get that. Darnassus, uh, Dolinar, all of that is Teldrassil. Hmm. Okay. So the Night Elf yeah, starting I mean, area, c- c- uh, canonically, is gone. I mean, you can still do it, obviously, for gameplay mechanics, but canonically, the Night Elf starting area doesn't exist. Wow. Yeah, and um, you cut out of the cinematic as Alliance, and all of a sudden you just see ash raining from the sky, and there's smoldering, you know, fire everywhere. And you land in um, Darnassus, and the entire city is on fire. Like, there's fire everywhere, and they ask you to save, like, 900 different people. They're, Nine, I think it was, like, <clears throat> 9,040 or something. Yeah, like, 930-something. And I, I think I saved, like, 30 people. <laughs> I think the highest, because I did it on both my lines, since the highest I got was, like, 42, something like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, so many people are dead. <laughs> yeah, you're just, like, I think they just did that to drive home the fact that, like, you can't save everyone. It's impossible. Like, it's an, it's there's an impossible. There's giant order. casualties, yeah. And um, yeah, so the whole city just burns, and I guess everyone just dies. And now, for the horde perspective, after the cinematic, you're standing there and you're just kind of basking in the burning tree, and then you get your mount. <laughs> <laughs> Here, your city's burning down. Take a mount. 
it's just, such a weird reward for the alliance yeah. oh yeah it's just there's a knight up there oh my god i have no home my home's gone and one just walks up where here have a mount <laughs> <laughs> there was a great like little it's meme on fucking, uh it's such yeah, there was a, a meme weird on reward for the alliance yeah and like i because they tell you to go back to the city so i took the portal back to the city and i turned in the quest and anduin's like here's a mountain i'm like did you save this mount from Darnassus? Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. Like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. It was, yeah, very odd. So, what did you think of Dark Shore as an experience? Um, I really liked how the zone seemed to evolve as you went through the quests. Like, yeah. they, they did this very interesting. It was very fluid as well. That- yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of it felt like a scenario, but it wasn't a scenario. Like the story progressed, the where the characters were and like the the progression of the different questing areas that you have to go through, it all kind of flowed extremely nicely and I hope that this is a kind of, you know, um something that we're going to see in the future where they kind of, you know, evolve this story through the zone over time and it's not just like you go to this quest area, you go to that quest area, you jump back to that one. You know, it it seemed to have consequences. It seemed to have, like, weight to it, um, which I really, really enjoyed. Well, from what, I, from, from what we've been seeing over the last couple expansions, especially ones that are related to Azeroth itself, the, whole, the, the world is constantly changing. I mean, I think it's going to be something more related to... Uh, expansion patches or end of expansion patches like for argus we got silithus and that was a complete zone redesign destruction of the the, the zone itself and it was a it was just an evidence of an, an ever-changing world and we're getting this with their and dark shore being completely changed and we're going to talk about it in a second but lordaeron and tirasfall glade being completely changed it's it's evidence of a continually evolving world, and that's something that WoW has never really done well. But mm-hmm. with the phasing technology that, that they've got now, and just how well they're using sharding and the phasing, it's it's just it's it's really nice to just see that the, yeah, there are consequences to what the characters and what the NPCs and big story figures actually do. There are consequences. Yeah, and I don't know how they're doing it techno- technologically, but like, you know, when you complete an area, you complete like a part of the story in one area and then you go to the next part, the characters are there and you're kind of over overlooking the story that's unfolding. Yep. So it's kind of like you're progressing through this story and you're a part of it. And it, it was just extremely well done, in my opinion. I, I completely agree. I, I very much enjoyed the Dark Shore situation. I think it was so much fun. Um, I did like the little world quests that sh- popped up uh, once you had finished it because it allowed me to gear up some of my undergeared characters and just get some stuff done. Plus, we're getting weapon drops again. Yay! Weapons! <laughs> because your artifacts are useless now. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that Like going to the, the um, Lord Iran scenario, they're like, Wait, here's a weapon first, just in case. <laughs> like, so, you know. Uh, we've spoke about the Sylvanas short. We haven't spoke about the Jaina one. Because we don't see it in game, sadly. But it's such a good one that I do want us to talk about it. Um, What did you think of the Jaina short? Uh, Daughter of the, the Sea. I mean, I liked the... Um, I mean, I liked it. I like the song. I think the the kind of sing-songy nature of it kind of made the story a little bit harder to follow. Like even with um uh like uh captions on, I was still kind of like not understanding what the song and story was trying to tell me. I don't agree with that, but okay, we'll go with it. That's just you know, because I guess I don't really understand a lot of the lore that preceded it. So, you know, I understand that Jaina went away and she's kind of like lost in the ocean or something. And I just comes out of nowhere. I thought I thought the the retelling of the Jaina story, because that's what the, that's what these are. 
that's what the that's what the Warbringer series the Warbringer series are the, the retelling of these powerful women in Azeroth that have been brought up around war that have been brought up around conflict. Jaina Jaina's story being told in a way that not only gives us that story point but also gives us a progression point for her is a, it was a beautiful clash of those two ideas um into one well-written uh song voiced like sang by Laura Bailey herself again while she was mega pregnant like she she had she had when did she have Ronin I want to say it was like what six weeks ago she had Ronin hmm I want to say she gave birth like six five six weeks ago something like uh, that yeah. <laughs> um but um yeah the, just massive props to her i i keep forgetting the name of the male uh singer on that i'm gonna look it up uh tell us more about what you th- while i look it up tell us more what you think about it um yeah i mean the the paper art style and the singing and i think it all came together really well it's just you know the the story and the flow and what it was trying to tell me, I think was a little bit unclear to me, like compared to the Sylvanas, which clearly told a part of a story. The Jaina thing was kind of like, you know, here's some background and here's a little bit what's happening, but it was still kind of, you know, obscured. And I think they might've even done that because it kind of was more impactful during the Lordaeron event when that actually, when that, part of the story unfolds so yeah maybe that was actually done on purpose that way chris sorry 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 i'm trying i'm trying to find it i can't find it (laughs) um yes but i i will find the i will find the person's name and i will uh i'll put i'll put it there because uh uh, oh, Logan Le- Logan LaFote? I butchered his name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Logan something. I will put it on the thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, just genuinely so good. So good. So good. Um, okay, I'm, I've finished nerding out about the Jaina cutscene because that's the one that's just filled me with so much joy, this, this pre-expansion. It's the one I've loved out of everything. Um Let's talk about let's talk about Lord Rome. Okay. <laughs> that was a big one. That was a big one. <laughs> yeah. So, and I liked what kind of led up to this. Like you see yeah. cinematic where you see the old uh soldiers old soldier. where they're mm-hmm. like on the wall and kind of preparing for this battle and you know the alliance is advancing and uh Seraphang's like having a crisis of conscience again and um the cinematic itself was phenomenal like the um the level of detail and what they were able to show in the actual uh cinematic itself i think was for amazing. how short it was for how short yeah. it was there was a significant amount of uh progression and just development for Seraphang himself mhm uh, yeah. And Kevin had a field day with the introduction of his favorite character, Zavi Boy. Zavi Boy, which we have a name for now. I'm trying to find his name. Which is Zappy Boy? <laughs> it's not Zappy Boy. It does begin with a Z, but it's not Zappy Boy. <laughs> LB, well, LB, you're in the chat. If you know his name, please type it. Uh, Zappy Boy. Zach. It's, it's something like that, Zakan or something like that. Uh, okay. Zakan, Zakan. It is Zakan. You got it. So, you got it. So basically, Sarafang is like taking off his armor, and he's like, "I'm gonna go out there and just basically commit suicide. I'm just gonna kill as many Alliance characters as I can, and just he's, go he's out." He's gonna with have a bang. his warrior's death. Yeah, and um. He's recalling, you know, seeing his son die and taking his son's necklace. And he takes his son ne- son's necklace that he collected and he puts it into the fire. And, like, you know, 
he's preparing himself to die. And um, yeah, for people who are unaware, very quickly, for people who are unaware of mm-hmm. Seraphang's son, uh, Verok Seraphang, the son of Sir of High Lord Seraphang, was one of the casualties during the war of Northrend uh, against Arthas. Oh. He was just killed by the. He was killed by the Lich King at the Wrathgate and was risen as a Death Knight uh, to become one of the final bosses in uh, Icecrown Citadel. Uh, I just just realized that when you guys talk about Wrathgate, you're talking about an actual gate and not like Watergate. Wrathgate is an actual gate, but it's it's called Wrath. It's the when you, when someone speaks about Wrathgate, they're talking about the event that happened at Wrathgate. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, sorry. <laughs> you just your like mind just clicked. Oh god, that's what, that's what actual Wrathgate is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, oh, it's 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 so nice to have to explain all of this to a, a warlord's baby. He doesn't understand. It's adorable. <laughs> so his son died. His son died and was risen as a minion of Arthas. Oh shit! Uh, and if you're a horde yeah, player during ICC, if you're a horde player during ICC, High Lord Seraphang is there when you kill Verok. Okay. Uh, and Varian shows up with Jaina, um, and allows Seraphang to take the body of his son home to bury him, and that's. The first point where you see Varian's character arc really progress from crazy war driven, I'm going to kill everyone, to the Varian that we knew and love up until the end. That was the first point mm-hmm. we really saw that progression happen. Okay. So he, um, he goes out into the field and Zappy Boy runs after him and uh, Sarah Fang's like, go back, Zappy Boy, I got this. Call him Zarek, it's his name. And Zarkin. then Zappy Boy is like... Zakan, Zakan. Zakan, and then he's... And then Zakan's like... He has the uh, necklace with him. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, dude, you don't need to go out like this. You can live another day. And he but shows him the, the necklace. Horde. Yeah, and um, Sarah Fang's like, okay, I guess I'll go back. <laughs> He's like, but I guess we can't do this without armor or something. He like makes a joke, and um, they both run back. So it was a really interesting moment. It was kind of like almost like a surrogate father type of moment, don't yes. you think? Like, well, because because uh, Zakan's father fought with Sarah Fang during the Third War. And, and died. And has since passed away. Yeah. Uh, so I think the big moment there was Zakan kind of imprinting a little onto Seraphang as, as a father figure for him, which was really yeah. nice because it's Seraphang's got nothing left. Seraphang's got absolutely nothing left except the Horde. And he disagrees intimately with everything Sylvanas is doing. And to but just still, see to just yeah. see a little glimpse of hope in this character, in this this innocent little troll who's this is his first battle, first real battle for the horde. To just see that little glimpse of hope, I think kind of reinforced what Seraphang was fighting for. For the horde, not for Sylvanas. Yeah. Yeah, when the banner rose and he looks up at the banner above the Lord Iran, and I think he yeah, it kind of clicks for him that, like, you know, it's not just Sylvanas, it is the Horde, and he, you know... It's is... the Trolls, it's the Pandaren, it's the mm-hmm. Nightborn, it's the Tauren, it's it's every member of the Horde, it's not just Sylvanas. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's kind of a profound thing to have in a video game, to, like, be thinking about, like, okay, well, the person who's running... I mean, isn't this an allusion to what's happening in America today? Oh, th- Maybe. I've said this multiple times. What is happening in Battle for Azeroth is just the conflict between the Horde and Alliance is a, a mirror of what is happening in America. No, I'm, I'm talking about his conflict between the Horde itself and Sylvanas. That's because what I'm talking about. Sylvanas, like President Trump, you know, people don't like President Trump and the direction that you know, the leader is taking us, but 
people still like America, the country, and they mm-hmm. still, you know, want to fight for America, even though they don't like the leadership. Right. Completely. Uh, it's I'm for, for, I mean, Blizzard has already said this is going to be the darkest expansion they've ever done. This is going to be the most, this is going to be the darkest telling of a, a Warcraft story Blizzard has ever done. Um, and I think the fact that it's the op- just the opening situation for the Horde, just g- the fact that it is so intertwined into what is actually happening in the real world in regards to the political nature and the uh, and the political nature of the horde itself yeah. is a, a, an amazing thing but also a terrifying thing yeah even what you were telling me earlier that you know what's happening with um sylvanas and people agree or disagree with her and it's kind of factioning the horde right some people are for sylvanas some people are against point, sylvanas my biggest worry for Battle for Azeroth is that there is going to be another Horde Civil War. Hmm. That's my biggest fear for the Horde. Because and, and because the story will always because gameplay trumps lore in every situation, if so if Sylvanas's horde breaks off and becomes its own thing, and I'm forced to become the Seraphang Horde or the Lorthamar Horde or the whatever Horde that this breaks off into, I'm not going to be happy. Because Sylvanas is my warchief, and I will follow that bitch until, the, until every alliance is dead. Well, I, I think that they're going to resolve this pretty quickly. I don't think they're going to let this go. That's I think this saying. is probably I, I, something they're going to try to resolve early on in the expansion. I'm worried that I'm going to be forced into following a different leader just because of how just just because of how the story is going to go. And I don't I'm 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 kind of worried about that. That's my one worry that there's going to be a civil war and I'm not going to like the choice that's forced upon me. Well, I mean it, do you think that that's what Blizzard intended, or do you think that they intended everyone to kind of go against Sylvanas? Oh no, 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 they intended the, the split. This was this it, was expected and intended, especially with how they're writing Seraphang. Because of, if they didn't give us a Seraphang, if Seraphang didn't wasn't doing what he's doing, then I would say it. Then I would say everyone would just hate Sylvanas. But because there is a because there is a because there is a, a counter to her that's what creates the split but what i'm saying is like don't you think they intended people to go against uh sylvanas because she like decided to destroy an entire city including you know women and children no this is war it's not fucking hello island adventure (laughs) okay this is war Hmm. and the horde will win what is the, um, you know, like, what do people think about Sylvanas, like, for the people who are pro-Sylvanas? What's the, the pro-Sylvanas argument? Th- this is war. If people don't, if, if, if people, uh, no, just flat out, this is war. Sylvanas is trying to win a war to make sure her people thrive. And yes, her people are the Forsaken, but they're not just the Forsaken anymore. Hmm. She actually wants the horde to survive. She wouldn't be putting if you've if you've read if you've read if you've read before the storm. Um, she wouldn't be putting up with all the crap she's putting up with if it wasn't to make sure that the horde survived, not just the forsaken. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, she's <clears throat> literally given up her town. She's literally giving up, given up her home. Undercity is her home. She sacrificed that to make sure that the horde, the horde withstood. Okay. So yeah, it is probably going to come to a head at some point during BFA, where you know, one of those two factions. Well, I mean, I guess Sarafang has not factioned off completely. It's not like well, be- well we don't know. No. We need to wait until BFA actually hits. We don't know. We just know yeah. that he is, uh, from the Alliance standpoint, 
because I've played it on both sides, we know that at the end of the scenario, uh, Seraphang is taken as a prisoner of the Alliance. Yeah. That's all we know. Yeah. So, I mean, technically the Horde is still together, even though there might be some people within the Horde that are against what Sylvanas has done. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it at that. So we get into the Lordaeron event itself, and this the okay, no, we alliance. Need to go through this quite quickly. We're coming up to an hour. <laughs> okay. Um, the alliance storms the castle and starts fighting the horde and pushing the horde back into the castle until we reach kind of two main events. I think in my mind, the first yep. is the encounter with Sarah Fang. Mm, right? You're messing out a lot, but okay. Yep. Okay. Um and. We, you know, we defeat Seraphang. Seraphang, our Anduin shows um, restraint and decides not to just kill him right on the spot and instead says that he can be, there can be salvation for him or something like that um, and decides to imprison him instead. Now, what do, what do you think his motives are there? Just that he has had closer so relationships with war. the Horde in the past? Prisoner of War. Seraphang has okay. Seraph- what I would what I would see it from a tactical standpoint is that he's a prisoner of war. Seraphang is the leader of the orcs. He has intimate knowledge of the horde's military personnel. He has intimate knowledge of Sylvanas. He has intimate knowledge of the tactics that the horde will uh, could uh, take. He's a prisoner of war. Someone that they can get information from. That's the way I see it. It may not be the okay. way Anduin sees it, but that's what my logic would be there. Okay, so yeah, I did skip over the major piece of that on how we got into the castle, so do you want to go over that? Okay. Um, The Horde released the Blight across the battlefield uh, and start killing off the Alliance. Well, the Horde, because the Sylvanas told them to. Uh, Killing Alliance and Horde soldiers alike. Sylvanas raising alliance and horde soldiers alike to fight uh, yeah. and push them back and deus ex jaina shows up uh pirate mage queen jaina appears she's got out like of, white hair and shit oh, she's had white hair since pandaria oh. um pirate mage queen jaina shows up in a flying kultiran flagship um and clears the plague with her with her frost magic and uses the ship's cannons filled with arcane energy magic to blow cannons. out the wall. Purple magic cannons. Because Jane is a badass. As much yeah. as as much as I hate the as much as I am an alliance I, as much as I, I, I am against the alliance and I am a horde player, Jane is a fucking badass and she always has been and she always will be. Most powerful the- mage on Azeroth with the exception of Ashara, hands down. I had no idea that she could like create magic that big, you know, like flying the ship. NPC, NP, like leader NPCs are usually more powerful than what players can be. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and she <laughs> and it like the wall, and she's like, all right, and she just boom, 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 you boom, know, boom. skip turn the ship turns around. All of a sudden, there's these purple um cannons that appear and they just start blowing the wall up with arcane magic it's crazy and super cool so skipping back to after seraphang is captured uh they enter the keep and sylvanas is sitting there on the throne she's like lounging she's lounging she has a nice little conversation with uh anduin she calls gain a dog she and sends Gen many goes, things to her. She sends many things to her sister. <laughs> um, and as as it looks like Sylvanas is about to lose, she walks up to Anduin and banshees the fuck out of there, whilst filling the entirety of Lordron and the Undercity with plague gas, making yeah, she the place like- uninhabitable for Horde and Alliance alike. She used that ability in Heroes of the Storm that you hate. <laughs> when she like throws her little thing and then hops away, <laughs> she flew out from the 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 top of the keep. Right I'm sorry, that's all I could think about <laughs> was the heroes thing, <laughs> and that takes us up to now. Yeah, so that takes us up to building up to the launch. Yeah, she 
destroys the city. She's like, well, if I can't have it, you're not going to have it either. Exactly. Blade everywhere. There's um, a massive fart cloud that engulfs the city. And um, the Alliance just flies away on a boat. There was a, there was a meme that I saw um, where it was the, the image of Lord Ron covered in the, the green gas. And then underneath it, there's a picture of Cersei Lannister standing there saying, nice job. And there's a picture of her blowing up the, uh, <laughs> the capital with the green gas. I was like, that's a really nice correlation. <laughs> the, the meme that I saw was like, Anduin's like, hey, Jaina, use your ice thing again to get rid of the blight. And then she's like, nope. And he's like, all right, let's leave. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's nothing left there. I mean, it got destroyed in the battle. and I It's mean, completely uninhabitable. There's, yeah. Lordaeron will be ruins for for the rest of his days as mm-hmm. long as as long as the structure stands oh. lord Rome will just be uninhabitable by the horde on the alliance yeah this the scenario itself was awesome i mean like the combination of like doing some fighting and then doing some machinima like cut screens and then you know doing some more um fighting i mean i really liked how it went back and forth now what i was, was commenting about as well yeah what what I was commenting about earlier is that the machinima that they used in this, they seem to use these like super high res models, um, and Sarafang looked a little weird, kind of looked a little cartoony to me. Um, but I was really impressed by the models, like with the, the eyes and everything. The, most of the end game models are cartoony though. That's just how they are. Yeah. Yeah, but they looked like they were extra high res. Like the detail was amazing. They seemed to have more higher pixel count or something. I don't know what it's, they did to them. But literally just the end, for any end game cinematics, it's just the end game models to use. There's no extra details to it. Wow. It, it looked really good, and um, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it flowed well. That's what I'm well. saying, though. The end game models are that good compared okay. to what it used to be. They're That's that cool. good. They used to be garbage. They're so good now. <laughs> so, Chris, like... Wrapping this up, how do you rate this um, pre-patch event versus other ones that have happened in the past? It's a good one. Uh, I would still say the best one is Wrath of the Lich King. The Wrath the Wrath launch event was absolutely phenomenal, even though it was cut short because of people bitching. But it was a great event. Uh, did it have as much story as this one did? Well, no. The, the storytelling wasn't as good, but it was just what the event was that made it yeah. really, really good. Um so the story, the storytelling has only got better as they've progressed in the expansions and the and the and the game itself. Um, I, I I would say it's um it's I would say this one for me it would be wrath wrath launch cataclysm pre expansion and then this and then the rest are below it because so yeah the other ones were just not great. <laughs> well. I think definitely story wise, this one for me is like ten out of ten. They did a great job with the story. Well, this is your second pre expansion, isn't it? Yeah, compared compared to Legion pre expansion. I mean, Legion in terms of good. gearing, this one is probably a five out of ten. Where Legion was a ten out of ten for gearing and leveling. Don't forget fucking leveling. Yeah, Jesus, leveling. But Legion didn't. The Legion one, the only real story was the scenario. Whereas Which this was one a actually cool has, scenario. This one actually has story built up from week one going through the entire event. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. story-wise, this one is really, really good. I would say mechanic and gameplay-wise, the Legion one was better. But story-wise, this one was phenomenal and beats every other pre-expansion patch in that aspect. This was the best story one. Yeah. And they really tied the story and the questing together, and they added a lot of out-of-game cinematics and stuff that added to the, the you know, the whole experience. It just, yep. you know, I'm I'm really sad that I didn't get to play it as it was coming out, but I also did enjoy playing it, you know, the all the way through on a single playthrough. Like, yeah. and I was going to stop and play the rest of it later because it was getting late at night, and I kept playing. Like, I was like, this is so cool. I want to see what happens. All right, shall we do a little wrap-up? Do you want to give us your don't do that? Because I know you have one. Or do that, sorry. Yes. Um, Well, I have some... I mean, I have a lot of don't do that that have happened. Like, (laughs) 
if you're going to uh, move to a different city, fly in the day before just to give yourself some extra time. Um, I learned my lesson the hard way on that. And do that. If you live in the Austin area, get Google Fiber. It's fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm getting like 950 down, 950 up megabit. I mean, it's, it's sickening. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, that being said, guys, this time next week when we come to you uh, for our, what is it, episode 75? It'll be the first for Battle for Azeroth. Yeah. Battle um, for Azeroth. Discussions, feedback, experience, yeah, launch day experience. Yep, the launch day experience will be the thing we're talking about because that's going to be a nutter. It's either going to be amazing or it's going to be garbage because this is yep. a global launch. It's the first time they're trying this. Yep. <laughs> See how this goes. And special announcement for people who hear this early, we are going to be on Dark Moon Herald tomorrow. Yes, uh, which will be Sunday. So their next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I'll get the episode number here too. It's Dark Moon Herald number 198. We will be on that episode. For people uh, globally, where, uh, Battle for Azeroth will go live uh, in the Americas uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time on August 13th in Europe. At midnight Central European Standard Time, August 14th. Taiwan, 6 a.m. CST. Korea, uh, 7 a.m. KST. Australia, you'll be going live at 8 a.m. on the 14th and AEST. It's a global launch, guys. I'm so excited for this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, and with that, that's our show, folks. Uh, If you want to talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at AzerothCTC. Kevin is at SwingCat with a K. Uh, I am Akari underscore Mag. And Gavril is at Gavril uh, underscore ET. uh, That's two I's, one L. Uh, you can send us uh, as emails to feedback at azerothctc.com. Your links from today's show uh, can be found on our website, which will be azerothctc.com. Send us reviews on SoundCloud, Twitcher, Twitcher, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. Uh, make sure you just tell us how crap we are, or um, or if you're enjoying the show, tell us you enjoy us and give us give us your opinions on stuff that we talk about. And with that, before the horde, Kevin, for the alliance. 